When you want the latest on what's happening in golf in and around Oklahoma, you go to the source. The Golf Oklahoma Report with Ken McLeod on the Blitz 1170. All right, at uh, 331 here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Thank you for tuning in on this afternoon. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Colby Daniels, Bryce Holse alongside as well. And uh, Ken McLeod joins us now here on the Blitz. What's going on, Ken? How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Pop. How are you guys doing? Doing well, hanging in there today. Um, we got a lot to talk about because not only did we get blessed with the Ryder Cup uh, teams, which we'll get to here coming up in just a bit, but... Uh, Victor, 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 what an absolute show that he put on and that he's been putting on over the final couple of months of the season, you know, putting himself into a category of maybe one of the best players in the entire world with the way that he finished. And especially now with a giant payday, I mean, where do we even begin, Ken, on how well and how clutch, right, that victor has been because there were a couple of putts that happened from over the weekend that you're like my goodness a ton of pressure on him and all he did was step up and and sink it yeah that par putt on 14 uh was massive i was talking to alan bratton is obviously his college coach this morning and i just you know to get kind of his reaction to what victor's done and you know and just going back to when he recruited him out of norway and what he saw is his potential versus what's happened and he says well obviously i didn't see him you know as a 16 year old kid playing junior tournaments in, in europe and norway i uh, didn't see this coming but he said it's just a testament to what's possible for anyone who's got the uh, desire to work this hard as victor has on his game and uh, you know obviously a lot of people would love to get to just have the desire and, and execute like victor has but man uh, desire combined with fabulous coordination and skill, and and uh, just a world, you know, um, just such a lovable, likable personality too. So I, I think whole state is very proud of Victor and and happy that he's made Stillwater his home. And you know, eventually I think he's going to move down to Edmond or at least build a house there, and maybe have both Oak Tree and Carson Creek as his home courses. So um, I know he's got a lot of media. Hopping in over there at Stillwater over the next two days, national media and, and doing some radio shows and television stuff. But, you know, uh, he was out there Monday right after winning the tour championship uh, practicing at Carson Creek. So just goes to show you a little bit about Victor Hovland, I guess. The one thing that I was impressed with about Victor is that so he, he wins the amateur in, in 2018. He goes in and has a ton of immediate success on the tour. We know how good of a ball striker that he is, but make no mistake about it. I mean, Ken, he was frustrated with his level of consistency last season, and and he he really did not shy away from any of that at all. Um, and he comes out, and there was there was some uh, just a little bit of that in the early early stages, and it and it seemed like for the for one of the first times that. That coolness, that calmness that is Victor, it it really kind of bubbled over a little bit. Um, but I give him a ton of credit for being able to go and get back into the lab. And he hired Joe Mayo, one of the better known in social media circles, 
um, kind of the, the track man maestro is, is what they call Joe Mayo. And when they went to work and went into the lab, he comes out on the other side and has, has a result like this. It is, it's part of the sport that we don't talk about enough, which is the true professionalism to identify what's going on to get in the lab and go back to work and fix it. Yeah, you've got to be able to identify your own weaknesses and, and be mad enough to uh, admit their weaknesses. Now, his short game actually was better when he was in college uh, then it, it kind of regressed, uh, you know, in the last two years on the on the PGA Tour for whatever reason. And he realized that, you know, he was he had lost all confidence over uh, certain pitch shots, certain chip shots, uh, anything really within 60 yards of the green. He wasn't, you know, his numbers were just not good at all. And you're right, he's with this um, the track man doctor now, and, and he's really got that part of his game ironed out. The numbers have improved tremendously, and he's this he may not have the you know a Jordan Spieth short game, but it's very serviceable, and with his ball striking, that's what he needed. I mean, it's needed to be serviceable and get up and down on routine up and downs, and let his ball striking just dominate from there because he puts he's got that gentle fade on his drive. It's the same thing on his irons. He knows where it's going. He's going to be he's kind of like Sheffer. He's going to be within 15 feet all the time, and he's making more putts than Scott Sheffer is right now, and that's what's separating him. So, yeah, with his ball, level of ball striking, if he can maintain that and keep the short game improving, boy, this guy's the limit. I mean, here's a guy who won the Memorial and then the last two weeks of the FedEx Cup playoffs and was in contention at most of the major championships, obviously uh, the PGA Championship right up to about the uh, next to last hole where he hit it in the bunker and took double. And then um, i try to remember where he finished in the other ones, but he was top – 10, I think, in most of them, wasn't he? Yeah, so, he's close to he, it. He's going to win major. The other thing, too, is that you have to highlight this always doesn't work out as smoothly as what this does because when you switch swing coaches, that's a risky proposition for some players. Some don't necessarily rebound as quickly as what they would like, and Victor just never allowed that to be <laughs> any part of that at all. And I, th- I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, I don't know if he's um, – is he only seeing this guy now or is he seeing different coaches for different aspects of his game? I, I know he, that when they went he, through – He knows I, he, he watches tons of uh, – he, he incorporates um, a lot of things he sees on videos too. He's, he does. He's watching videos and incorporating things he sees there into his game. So. You know, well, one who of, knows what his instruction situation is going to be going forward. But. One of the other guys that he works with, Ken, is uh, is uh, Molinari, um, who right. is kind of one of his yeah one of his performance coaches as well. So he's he's surrounding himself with with good people. But I was reading a story earlier today, and he was saying, you know, I got to the point where here's a quote from him. He goes, <laughs> "My chipping game sucked." And before, yeah. <laughs> when I was standing over every shot, I was like, dude, don't duff it, skull it, don't leave it in the bunker. And he was just like, I just kept telling myself that over and over and over again. And he was like, I got in my own head with something like that. And uh, Yeah, that shows you how far he had regressed, because it wasn't like that when he was playing at OSU and winning all those college events in the U.S. Amateur. His short game was serviceable. I mean, it wasn't anything... The disaster that it turned out to be, as he described there. 
So that you know, but that can happen. That's I mean, it happened to Tiger for a couple of years, if you remember. Yes. Um, with skull in the ball and and had the tip yips and, um, but he he got out of it and so did Victor. So. Well, and Quite a story. and and the last thing on on Victor, I I do want to play this. Bryce, bring this up because this is the. Can you kind of touch on this a little bit? We we made reference of this when it happened, um, and it came up on social media. But here's a 45 second clip on just how awesome that Victor really is. This is him talking about Stillwater. Uh, obviously, it's it's a lot of cash you're playing for. I mean, it's in your back of the in the back of your mind. But I, I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, money goes a long ways there. It's not like I'm I'm spending money out the wazoo every week i uh i i don't need a lot to be happy i don't need need a lot to live within my means um so obviously it's it's nice for you know for my family to have that protection and my you know eventual kids that i'll have in the future it's it's nice to have that but it's not it's not something that drives me it's not something that gives me you know meaning uh i find meaning in other places but Obviously, with how society works, um, money is something you need. Pretty grounded, right, Ken, in his approach. And I think you know this as well as I do, is that, all right, he just won a whole, you know what, ton of money. But if you think that Victor's done (laughs) in terms of adding more millions of dollars to his bank account, you are sadly mistaken because it really seems like the sky is the limit now. Yeah, we touched on that last week, and that his agent kind of mentioned that he doesn't even know how much money he has. Well, he, he probably really doesn't know how much he has all together now after adding 18 million to the, or over 20 million in the last two weeks, right? So, um, pretty amazing. I'm really happy for him. And uh, he, like he said, he's, he doesn't spend money out the wazoo. So, uh, he'll be uh, set for quite a long time over there in Stillwater. All right, let's shift to the Ryder Cup because we did get the announcement today. Here we go um, with with the team. And w- really, in the end, it didn't seem like okay. Zach, Zach Johnson was afraid to kind of stir up some emotions with his captain's picks for the team uh, at all. So he had his six choices. Uh, Brooks, JT, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, uh, Colin Morikawa, and Sam Burns. And at least two of those picks will likely create some debate amongst the players and the fans. What are your thoughts on what we saw here? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, Twitter warfare going on right now about whether Justin Thomas should have been on the team or not. Um, I would absolutely take Justin Thomas. I think uh, obviously he's had a poor seven-month stretch, but this is a two-year selection period. And Justin, you know, he won this PGA Championship across the street here at Southern Hills within that two-year frame. Uh, he's been on a downer for most of this, and he's ranked way outside of some of these other guys on the current FedEx Cup list. But his record in the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup is better than any of these guys. And uh, kind of, you know, Zach Johnson's charge is to go over there and try to win in Europe for the first time in decades. And I would rather have JT with me in that, re- in that endeavor than not with me. And I think, you know, if he can get his – He's a professional. He's going to get his game squared away, and he loves to compete in these things. And for the other guys, everybody knows what the system is going in. There's six picks that you can earn, and everything else is up to the captain. That's why they're called captain's pick. And I'm sure that, um, you know, Cameron Young and, and – um, uh, who was the other two? Keegan Bradley was another one that Keegan you can Bradley, make an yeah. argument for. Yeah. I mean, the, 
they're very disappointed. They've had very good years, um, but they were not in the top six, so that's just the way the chips fall. I mean, Keegan played well in a couple of events there, and, and um, Lucas Glover is the other one I was trying to think of. And yeah, he played obviously one twice in a row towards the end of the season, but neither of those two did much during the bulk of the rest of the season. So um, I feel bad for him, but um, I think, you know, Sam Burns is more of a controversial pick to me than, uh, or one that could have been, you know, gone to either of those other two guys just as easy. Uh, you have to wonder if he was taken because of his close relationship with Scotty Scheffler and also because he can really putt. Uh, Lucas Glover can putt now. Cameron Young can't putt at all. He's <laughs> I mean, he's a great ball striker, but he's 145th this year in strokes game putting. And um, so that's the one thing that Europe always seems to kill us on over there when we play in Europe is they get those tight fairways and just have guys put it on the green and make putts from everywhere. And so um, Zach want to take our best putting team that gives us the best chance to uh, end that streak, and, and that's what he did. So Johnson said when asked about Kepka, he said, look, it's his experience, Experience. it's his temperament, and it's just the way that he goes about his work and his passion for the Ryder Cup. And he said that he's had a lot of communications with Brooks over the last few months, very candid conversations, and when he started to make his way onto the team, uh, he earned his way onto the team when you get down to the pennies and dollars of it. It was a pretty easy pick, and this is Kepka now, his fourth Ryder Cup uh, he's 6-5-1 and one overall. He was 2-2 two and two in Wisconsin two years ago, including a 2-1 and one, uh, singles win. Uh, Kepka has yet to lose a singles match. This is the epitome of building a team, and that's what Johnson went with, and I, I don't think that many people really have a problem with it. I mean, if, if there was anyone, we, we had an idea that Kepka was, was more than likely going to be on this team. Yeah, there's some people were advocating for more live players, DeSambo, uh, DJ to be considered, even Taylor Gooch, who won three times. But I didn't really think there was any chance of that. I thought Kepka won the PGA of America's championship, the PGA championship. The Ryder Cup is a PGA of America event. Uh, there was no doubt to me that Kepka was going to be on this team. Uh, he could have easily won the Masters as well. And, um, you know, when he's healthy as he is now and, and playing well. Um, he's one of the top three or four players in the world, and the U.S. is going to need him over there and going to need his attitude and the, and the presence that he brings as well as his best golf. So I didn't think there was any doubt about that. also didn't think there was any real controversy and no other live players getting selected. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, I didn't think that Bryson was going to make it, honestly. I mean, I, I think there was a point in time where you could probably make a little bit of argument for him just with style of play if you were just only purely looking at it from that standpoint. But did I ever really feel like that he was going to be on there? No, not really, Ken. So I, I don't know. I, I, th I think the, the, the Keegan one, and he's super bummed about it. I know he was on Twitter saying some stuff. Uh, that one might have been a little bit of a surprise, but when you consider, like you said, you know Burns and and the and his putter, I think it, it makes sense. Again, it's a team; it's not an individual effort, and I can't stress that enough with this group. Yeah, um, and I feel, I do feel badly for Keegan. I mean, he really had his heart set on it, and he'd be um, waving that American flag as as hard as anybody if he got on the team, and he'd be a great teammate. Um, but somebody's got to be close and left out, and you know, JT's um, 
you know, he's getting in on the benefit of what he's done in this event in the past and the President's Cup and, you know, having won 20 PGA Tour events and two major championships. So, um, obviously, he's battling a little slump right now, but I, I can't blame Zach Johnson for taking him. I cannot either. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. When we do, we'll talk about Parker Sands shooting a 59 here in the Oklahoma Open. And uh, we've got a former, well, a couple of former Sooners as well that were in a flat-out duel. And we'll get into more on the local front with Kim McLeod when we come back next year on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Reward yourself with the ultimate golf outing at Oklahoma's Ultimate Golf Resort, Shangri-La on Northeast Oklahoma's beautiful Grand Lake. Enjoy 27 holes of top five championship golf, an incredible new 18-hole par three course, and the luxurious atmosphere of a fabulous resort hotel with pool and spa. 45 holes of unparalleled golf at Shangri-La Resort. Shangri-La Resort when you're ready to escape the ordinary. The club at Forest Ridge and Broken Arrow is a semi-private club that transcends the ordinary with its world-class amenities and unparalleled services. An award-winning 18-hole golf course, an unmatched golfing experience, complemented by a private social club with access to a state-of-the-art gym, resort-style pool, tennis, pickleball, and more. Indulge in ultimate relaxation and rejuvenation with their exceptional facilities that cater to your fitness and leisure needs. The club at Forest Ridge and Broken Arrow, where luxury meets perfection. Swing over to Tulsa's only 10,000 square foot indoor country club. Tour Quality Golf at 61st and Sheridan is a golf store for the beginner golfer to the seasoned pro. At Tour Quality Golf, you gain extra yards and straighter shots through their premium club fitting and personal golf lessons. Take advantage of a free 20-minute simulator experience along with a complimentary grip, posture, and alignment check totally free. Come experience Tulsa's only indoor country club at 61st and Sheridan next to Teamos. Find them at TourQualityGolf.com or go by 61st and Sheridan and elevate your game today. From the gorgeous tree-lined fairways of the Perry Maxwell-influenced Woodbine and Pecan Valley courses at Mohawk Park to Paige Belcher's standout layouts Old Page and Stone Creek, the excitement of Tulsa Golf, providing the perfect venue for your next round, tournament, or special event. Offering PGA professional programming. Welcome to golf for adult golf beginners, PGA Junior Camps, PGA Junior League, and events for golfers of all skill levels. Contact Brianna Wills, Director of Instruction at 918 728-2171 or visit TulsaGolf.org for tee times, pricing, and more. All right, welcome back. It is 350 here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. It is the Golf Oklahoma Report with Ken McLeod here on a Tuesday, final one of the uh, golf season here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, Ken, tell me a little bit about Parker Sands. 59. My goodness, there at the Oklahoma Open. Yeah, Pop, this is, uh, you know, we're trying to categorize or place where this ranks and all the great achievements that have been accomplished by the amazing list of golfers that have come out of Oklahoma high schools. Obviously gone on to PGA Tour stardom in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, Austin Eck wrote years ago winning the um, 6A state championship as a freshman was pretty stout. Um, Shooting the 59 in the Oklahoma Open, however, after all the thousands of rounds that have been played in that event by top touring, you know, mini tour players, PGA tour players, your Tways, your Replanks, your Woods, your Danny and David Edwards, um, Doug Tools, right up through present day, Gil Morgans, and, um, you know, all these kids today, for a high school kid to go out and do that, um, 
pretty amazing. Obviously, you know, uh, I was talking to Austin Eckroat and Hayden Wood and some of those guys afterward with what they thought of it. And of course, Hayden said, you know, when I was in high school, I was trying to shoot 69, not 59. <laughs> I had to break 70. Um, and these are, you know, PG, PGA Tour-level players. So um, he got off to a great start. He was four under through four holes, uh, actually six under through six holes. Then he parred, I think, seven, eight, or it was part eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. Then he made a eagle on the – he was played the back nine – first so that's why I'm trying to remember the whole succession here but he um, uh, he made an eagle to get to eight under because he was six under and then he birdied three holes in a row to go to nine ten and eleven and basically just cruised in on 17 18 18 he left the putt just a little short for a 58 but he was like you know once you break 60 it doesn't really matter no uh, not at all um just an amazing accomplishment. Obviously, you know, he reminds me a lot of, um, there's another young man from Oklahoma city named Logan McAllister. Who's out on the corn Ferry tour right now, played at OU. Logan was just as liable to shoot 70 and then 61 and 70. You know, he just, when he gets it going, he just gets it going. And Parker shot a 62 at Lake Hefner in an Oklahoma junior golf tour event in 2022. Then last year he went there and shot, 64-64 to shoot 16 under for two rounds um, instead of OJGT. You know, that was the lowest thing I'd ever done in the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour. So um, he's fully capable. He's got that that same thing that Logan has, that when he starts going low, he's not afraid of it. And he just keeps going and going. He said, you know, I just kind of blank out. And, uh, the putter locks in, and I just, you know, hit it close and make putts. And I uh, wish I had that gene. <laughs> but, uh, certain certain people are for, kind of you know get in a position where they're three or four under and have other chances and they start thinking about it and don't take it deep and other guys do and he's one of them that does. Well, not only that, but he so, shot a he yeah. shot a sixty five at Gallardia Country Club this summer in an opening round. Uh, and and then on top right. and, and then the fifty nine. I mean, which is still unbelievable itself. People forget that's in the middle of hundred and five degree temperatures. So I don't know. Where, has this kid made a, had a a decision of where he's going to go play in uh, in college at? Yeah, he's actually uh, deserting our state and going to the University of Florida. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, what a wish! He's not a native Oklahoma, and he moved in here in eighth grade. And and um, but I'm sure that um, Bratton and Hibble have had their eye on him. But right now, he's you know been recruited by a bunch of different schools and. Florida's where he's verbally committed to. We'll see if he actually signs there in November, but that's that's who he said he's where he says he's going at the moment. So well, it, um, it'll maybe that... a late full court press could change his mind. But boy, uh, looking like he's going to be a heck of a player in college. And uh, it will absolutely be a young man that we have to keep an eye on for sure uh, in the news here in the near future. Even if he does stay at Florida, because uh, he's going to be one to remember for sure. And then the uh, the final thing here on the local front, uh, Ken, I saw that uh, we had uh, quite the little uh, ups, uh, up and downs for uh, a couple of OU teammates in a uh, wild Oklahoma Open as well for those guys. Yeah, Max McGreevy, who's won the Oklahoma Open twice, um, and you know is out on the PGA Tour right now, and we'll have a busy fall trying to keep his card for next year. I uh, came back and played in it and he went head to head with a former OU teammate, Blaine Hale, 
one of the Bash brothers from Dallas, and and uh, Blaine made a oh probably a fifteen foot uphill birdie putt on the eighteenth hole to uh, of the final round Saturday to beat him by one and big hugs between the two. They were really enjoyed playing against each other and you know reuniting for the for the two days. You know, I don't know if the the ten thousand six hundred uh, first place check probably. Um, meant quite a bit to blame, you know, when you're out there playing on those mini tours and, and um, like the APT tour and all pro tour and some of those where it's a, it's a grind, it's a financial struggle. So that was a good week for him. Um, he's obviously tr- trying to get his, you know, corn ferry tour status for next year and probably be playing in the um, qualifier that's actually coming to Oklahoma this fall, the first stage event. So uh, hopefully we'll see Blaine, continue to move up and Max keep his card, but they had a great duel. And then we had another crazy story pop. Um, Carson Griggs, young man out of Sand Springs, who's just turned professional, um, made a hole-in-one on Friday's round, the second round, and then made another one on Saturday. Gosh. Hole-in-one, two days in a row. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I I hear those stories, and I'm like... Yeah, I'm amazed by that, like that it happened. And then there's a part of me that's like, oh, will you please just go away? (laughs) Like two in (laughs) two days, like un-freaking believable. That is, uh, that's quite impressive. It was pretty wild. I was going to, you know, I had Murray Evans, who's kind of my main stringer for different um, tournaments, going there on Sunday to do the gamer. And I, or on Saturday, I'm sorry, and. I looked up and there was 13 golfers within a three shots of the lead um, as they started play Saturday. And I said, I got to get down there. This is crazy. No, uh, no. You know, that guy shoot 59 yesterday and so I went down. And I watched Austin Nickro play quite a bit of his round and he couldn't make a putt to save his life and still shot nine under for the three days. But boy, he can stripe the ball. Um, you know, he, he's the one who finished, he was in 70th. Final spot in going into the Wyndham Championship, the last event uh, before the FedEx Cup playoffs started, and missed the cut, so he got bumped out. But just on his rookie season to make it as far as he did, you know, he missed like six out of seven cuts back in the spring. Then he turned around with a tie for second at Colonial and, and made seven cuts in a row. Had a bunch of top twenty-five finishes, so ended up having a really good rookie year after struggling for quite a bit of it and. Hopefully he'll just take it from there and continue onward, continue upward. Uh, indeed. And uh, it's just another example of uh, what we've got going on here in the States as far as uh, golf is a concern. Ken, I appreciate all your time this year, my man. Uh, golf Oklahoma Magazine is on the uh, racks right now. You can see right now it's Party of 24 still there on the on the front cover. Uh, talking about the most championships in OGA history. And, uh, man, I, I want to thank you for all of the effort that you put in this year, and uh, we look forward to doing it again sometime soon. Sounds great, Pop. Thank you guys for everything. And, yeah, everybody just uh, keep up with us at golfoklahoma.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And I'm happy to keep the uh, golf news coming at you all year long. Outstanding. It's the best golf news in the entire state. Ken, have a good uh, rest of your day, and uh, we'll uh, check in again soon. Okay, Pop. Thanks. 
That's uh, Ken McLeod joining us here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Final edition of the Golf Oklahoma Report here on the Blitz 1170 for 2023. We'll take a time out live from the Actually House Studios, serving four generations of Tulsa since 1908. This is the Blitz 1170, and we're streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.